astrology, feng shui, tarot, crystals. We've all heard about these practices, but what does it all mean? Each week, Mom and me will dive into these topics to present them in an easy, digestible 20 minutes. From full moons to celebrity charts to even red doors, Mom and me will share personal, shocking, and wow factor stories. Welcome back to another episode of the Mom and Me Astrology Podcast. My name is Kate Wind, and joining me is my mom, Mary Swick. Hi, Kate. How are you doing today? I'm good. <laughs> well, <laughs> I think we're still getting used to this new format of being online versus being in person. Yes, I know. Um, so I think just continuing with New Year's, you know, last week we talked about what to expect from an astrology standpoint. And I think by now people have maybe either come up with their word for 2022 or come up with their resolution. If we want to go back to that kind of our word, um, or maybe at least their intentions for the new year. And right now, based on the astrology, you know, they're really supported by it. We're under the strong Saturn energy. Right. And this makes us want to put rules in place. It makes us want to be a little bit more structured, maybe be a little bit more adult, <laughs> uh, adult-like about things. But what happens here as we go through to about mid-January, as that Aquarius energy starts kicking in, you know, I think p- people start kind of falling off the wagon or we kind of lose that momentum of moving forward with these strict things like I'm going to diet or I'm going to exercise or I'm going to be more organized. Yeah. You, well, you know, we're under Capricorn, so it's a perfect time to think up how you want to improve because Capricorn is always improving. They're always moving to the next step. So we're kind of mimic that this time of the year that we're thinking like, how do we want to improve? And we have the best of intentions, right? But I agree by the time we get to Aquarius, many of us are totally distracted. Right. So I thought, why don't we talk about maybe some feng shui aspects of how to make sure that you stick with these intentions for the new year. And, you know, before we get into that, that will be the topic for today. We just thought we needed to throw in the idea that Mercury is retrograding here. Yeah, it (laughs) is. Uh, January 13th to February 3rd. And everyone dreads Mercury retrograde, but I thought, why don't we talk about this a little bit? Because Mercury helps to rethink things or review things or reconsider. So it's possible by the time you're listening to this podcast that maybe you're already rethinking what your goals were, or maybe you didn't have a chance to do your vision board and you're looking at your vision board from last year and you're rethinking, gosh, what do I want my goals to be this year? So that Mercury retrograde right here in the beginning of the year, although I think most people We'll, we'll dread it and think, why do we have to start this year with this new, with this energy? It could be really great if you haven't maybe become clear on what you want your goals to be for this year. So you're saying actually that January 13th, when Mercury goes retrograde, that people might reconsider. Absolutely. They might reconsider what their, what their goal is, or, you know, something else might catch their attention that is more interesting to them. So give yourself some slack here. Uh, Mercury will go direct February 3rd. Yeah. 
And the degrees that are being affected are as anyone from 24 Capricorn to 10 degrees Aquarius. Those are the ones that are really getting hit by that. Um, yeah, see that 24 degrees of Capricorn come up again. You mm. know, we've seen Pluto, we've seen Saturn, we're seeing Venus retrograding over that point right now. And here comes Mercury. So, <laughs> you, you know, know, that's anyone with a birthday right around that uh, January 15th window that they're, they're really getting hit by this, as you, you, that laundry list that you just rolled out. Yeah. But a very sensitive degree. Right. So especially anyone with birthdays, January 14th to January 31st, this right. Mercury will be uh, retrograding right over your sun. So you might be feeling this one a little bit stronger uh, than previous, previous so, retrogrades. Yeah. So if your birthday's then, you may reconsider whatever your intentions are for the year. Absolutely. And that, that's okay. That's okay. Because we're going to talk today about supercharging, basically, those of us who have some concept or idea of maybe something we want to tackle this year or get better at, that what could we do? How could we use our homes, which we have full access to? How could we make some changes in our home that might fortify or help along? Or keep, uh, keep us on track. Yeah. I like to give the example of the idea of if we set out the goal for some sort of weight loss. And unfortunately, that's just you know, it's a really easy example. Um, what do we do then? We say, okay, I want to lose weight. And then maybe we go to the kitchen and we get a bucket and we start emptying out all the food that we don't want to continue to consume. So maybe we put the pasta in there or the candies or whatever the weakness is. And so we change what the pantry or what the fridge looks like. And then we stock it with all these things that will help benefit us in our weight loss journey. We want to use that same concept but um, apply it to many, whatever your resolution or your intention might be. The idea of going to the fridge or going to the pantry and, and looking at something new, every time you open the pantry, it kind of reminds us or cues us, oh, that's right, we're on this, we're on this weight loss journey. So we wanna do this with other concepts uh, in the home, yeah. not just change your thought process, but to change the home. Yeah, that word cue. We want to put some cues in place, visual cues, uh, how things are arranged, cued in a way to reinforce what the goal is here. Absolutely. And we, we want you to have those kind of aha moments about your home as well, where, you know, uh, when, we, when we say aha, we think of epiphanies that people have, that all of a sudden they get a new awareness, they get a new kind of a new circuitry going. They're thinking about something in a different way. They're seeing the connection between, oh yeah, the old way and the new way. Anyhow, it's kind of fun to see people go through that experience in their home environment when they realize maybe something that's been happening in their home for some time. And all of a sudden they realize the significance of it and how they might change something and all of a sudden think differently. That's one of my favorite parts. I think about being in a in-home consult is when, you know, I'll maybe ask them, what are your goals for the home? And let's just say relationship is one of them. And, and I say, okay, well, this is your relationship corner. And I just, you know, kind of point to the area. And sometimes I don't even have to say anything. And they're like, oh my gosh, okay, well, that makes sense. And it's like, all this information is just downloaded of what has either been happening in that area, what hasn't been happening, maybe that, oh, we don't use that area of the home. We've closed the door to that area. Why don't I have a relationship? And they're able to just put everything together really quickly. 
Yeah, it's an epiphany. They have an epiphany about that is reflecting what's going on with my money or with my health or, you know, with my children or whatever the area of the home is that we're talking about. Right. Yeah. Years ago, I had a client who had a broken vase in their living room. Okay. But they had it situated so you couldn't see the big hole in the back of it because they had it kind of angled at a certain way so that if you came in the living room, it would just be a beautiful vase sitting there. And, um, you know, I just pointed it out because I walked around the room and I could see the hole. And so I just kind of drew attention to that and how the vase is sitting to only show one side. And um, anyhow, it was, uh, it's a, the client, just as you said, had one of those epiphany moments. Very quickly, they realized they had just upgraded significantly. Their lifestyle moved into a real kind of ritzy neighborhood. And they were under pressures. I didn't know that. They were under pressures to maintain this new lifestyle. And it was costing them far more than they thought. Anyhow, she saw that the base, which had gotten broken by a grandchild, and she was expensive, and she wanted it in the living room on display. So there she positions it in the most flattering light for other people, even though she herself knew that it was busted, so to speak. Right. Yeah, it's a, it, it's a major story. And I didn't have to do all that talking. She put all the pieces together. And I think, I, yep. you know, I just pointed out the obvious, oh, the vase has got a big hole in it. Right. Got a position so nobody can see that. Well, I think the other cool part of that story is so many times people associate feng shui with they have to do all these different things in their home. And sometimes mm -hmm. it can be something just so, I hate to say minor because it's, it's not minor, but just one thing in the home can tell such a big story that you didn't have to do, you didn't have to change her whole home in yeah. order to come to that conclusion. That, that moment there, I didn't know it at the time. But I talked to her a couple months later and she said in that moment, she knew. And that night she talked to her husband and said, listen, let's get out of this house as soon as we can. And let's downsize. Now they upsized. Now they were downsizing to something a little bit more manageable. And that's what they did. And she gave credit to that one moment. So that's what we're talking about. Let's have an aha moment or an epiphany about a floor plan that will give us some insight, but also support some of our intentions for 2022. Absolutely. So I think the first one we're going to start with is if your resolution or intention has to do with more energy. So the idea of needing to act on something. So again, whether that's a weight loss journey, whether that's I just want more um, energy, I want to start saying yes more than no, we want you to focus on your kitchen. Uh, the kitchen is ruled by the element of fire. And the idea no is- No matter where it is, no matter where it is, it's a fire element, right? Because it's such an active room. Right. And think about how, yeah, quickly things can happen in the kitchen. So the idea you can go in there and within a few minutes, you can have a coffee made. You can go in there within a, maybe 15 minutes, have a breakfast made, have a, have a whole dinner made. Um, oh, yeah, you can easily turn on three, four appliances simultaneously and get things happening very quickly in a kitchen. So that idea of let's let's do some work in that room because we want energy. Most of us need extra energy to do what it is we want to happen in our life. Right. So the idea of maybe finding your most used drawers and cleaning them out. 
um, you know, especially around the holidays, we might get extra appliances, we might get new spatulas, new tongs. And sometimes we don't always toss out the ones that it's replacing. Sometimes we just add (laughs) to the God, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Maybe where it's, you know, you're saying some curse words just to try to get those drawers open because they're jammed packed full of things. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, simple things, you know, self-clean ovens, just set it, you know, and while you're, while that's cleaning, clean out some drawers. Um, I think one of the, I think everyone is challenged by paper that shows up on the kitchen counters. Yeah. Uh, Extra papers. Sometimes it used to be mail, but sometimes it's just homework that shows up, uh, you know, forms that need to be signed. Right. Yeah. Um, that's a whole, that's a, yeah, we got to get rid of the paper out of the kitchen. It yeah. really is it, not a good match, so to speak. Even mm-hmm. just looking under the kitchen sink, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes that can be a, a free for all for what we pick up. Um, you know, it's an easy way to hide things um, in the kitchen. So even just opening up those drawers and pulling out old rags or containers that we don't use anymore or combining half-used soaps just to get that uh, cleared up. Yeah. Yeah. So under the kitchen sink is sometimes not our best. Sometimes some people probably have beautiful under sinks, but a lot of us sometimes have a tendency to have a little clutter there. So uh, definitely uh, tackle that area. Again, we're looking for energy. We're freeing up. We're looking for some feeling smiling when we're looking under our kitchen sinks, basically. Um, if you're unsure about this, then, then just here's a test. You can use other things. Go to where you might be maybe embarrassed or ashamed if someone was there in your kitchen and you opened a particular drawer. This could be a pantry. It could be a cupboard. Um, again, uh, uh, we're trying to, that, that's your clue. That's your clue that something isn't living up to your standards. True. Let alone someone else's standards. It's not your standards. If you're embarrassed to open the door or a drawer, you know, with someone there in the kitchen with you. Yeah. So uh, keep this in mind. This could tie to a big topic that's out there these days in therapy. And it's all about shaming. It's a big word. Brene Brown's been talking about shaming. Um, There's been a lot of it in the media about fat shaming, skinny shaming, slut shaming, right? Of Basically kind of demoting people, attacking their spirit attacking them for some reason, suggesting that, you know, they're, they're not, they're flawed or they're not up to speed or something of that nature. And how that's a real dangerous, um, I mean, not dangerous, that's not the right word. Um, but it, it's something that for years ago, we used to say all the time to children, you should be ashamed of yourselves. And now I think that there's more sensitivity about that harshness. And we're more aware that it's kind of attacking the kind of the spiritual and the emotional aspect of a person. So my point is this, is that we don't want shame in the kitchen. We want you to be feeling comfortable with every drawer, every cupboard, you know, where you're at, you know, and uh, I know if I make an improvement in my pantry, I'm very happy. Now, six months later, I may come back and go, oh, I can do better than that. Right. But it's the fact that we want to see motion. Even if you have what you might think is like, oh, a really perfect kitchen or near perfect, mm-hmm. even looking for something like, let's say you always use a certain bowl, but there's something that sits on top of that bowl, just based on the structure of your kitchen. 
remove those obstacles that don't allow you just to quickly access that item that you use all the time. You know, so those like shelf stackers. So every, you know, you're not having to lift up this bowl to get that plate type thing. Even simple things like that, where you're removing those things that block you from just grabbing it instantaneously. Yeah. So everyone's on a different level, right? The, it, and yeah. I think that idea of what mom was saying of shame is like, this, this, this isn't saying that everyone has to have a cookie cutter kitchen or everyone's kitchen has to be perfect because everyone has a certain level that they feel comfortable with, but it's just improving that level that you feel comfortable with to that next step. Um, definitely just enhances that fire element that we're going for. We're, we're looking for the most energy we can get out of our kitchen. You know, most of us like to go into the kitchen when it's clean and neat. Most right. of us kind of enjoy putting something together. We don't like it when it's a hassle, as you just said, getting a certain plate out, getting an appliance up out from under the counter. Those right. things just go like, oh my God, I'm exhausted. I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. So we're looking for more energy at starting the kitchen, free some energy up. Yeah. Then apply that energy towards your intentions for the new year. Yeah. I would think about what those intentions are while you were cleaning or while you were making these improvements. That's true. Um, the next intention or resolution will be if you are seeking some sort of excitement, you're seeking new opportunities, or you're trying to create more travel. And the idea is, is that we want to create open space. So I want you to think about, um, you know, walking into someone's home where they have these big lofty ceilings. And a lot of times people kind of make a, an arm gesture of like, oh my gosh, look at all this space. Mm -hmm. I know mom, you've shared that when you moved into your house that has high ceilings that you just felt like you had oh. more room to think. <laughs> yes, I did. I said, they, if this house gave me headspace. And that was just like the freedom to think. And to be honest, a little bit, the freedom to dream. Yep. There was, there was, a, there is a sense of optimism associated when you have more space. Right. Right. Than a little, you know, than a little space, we feel cramped, crowded. And then when we have open space, it's like, oh my gosh, it's a, it's a, it's does something to the spirit. So, okay. So we all get that idea when we have a little more open space, there's a sense of excitement, there's opportunity there. So we can't go around changing the height of our ceilings, right? But we could, can create some open space in every room. And some of this, I think my favorite thing to do is to start with everything that sits on the floor, things on the floor. Um, usually they're small or a small piece of furniture, like a, you know, a plant stand, or sometimes it's a small bookshelf. Um, oftentimes it's what I call disposable furniture, things that maybe have been picked up at Target or big box stores in general uh, that has served a purpose, but now it's just, it's taking up, it's too distracting, yeah. you know, too many things sitting in the room. So think about that. I, I can tell you in preparation for this, I, I removed a plant stand that was in my office and I been thinking about it a while. I thought that's it. And, and it's sitting in the back of my car, ready to go to a donation center. Um, I don't need it anymore. There was not a plant on it anymore. Put it that way. Yeah. Well, and it's crazy how just removing one thing from the room can create that idea of, oh, there's so much space. And I always think of like that movie, Step Brothers, 
when the two older brothers put their beds, they turn their beds into bunk beds and they're like so much room for activities. Right. And they're like dancing around the room and like, that's what we want you to create like this feeling of where you're like, Oh, there's just so much room. I can do so much stuff now. And sometimes that can be simply just removing one extra piece of furniture that maybe doesn't serve a purpose anymore. And this can go back into that kitchen topic where, you know, when the cupboards have too many, too many mugs, right? Too many plates, right? Too many bowls, you know, uh, okay, let's remove a few and, you know, get some, get that space of movement. So it's a pleasure to put dishes out of the dishwasher and put them up into the cupboard. You're not jockeying them in just like a jigsaw puzzle, trying to get them all in there. That's the worst, I think. It is, isn't it? Isn't it? Uh, or think about getting in and out of your car. Can you get? Can you do that easily? Is it? Is are there too many things jammed up against the car, close to the car? It's a lot of frustration. Yeah. Even if maybe you're thinking, well, I live in a pretty clutter-free home. It could even be something where you float the couch. Like if your couch is pushed up against a wall, um, that you're floating your couch maybe six to eight inches off the wall. The idea of creating space behind it. Again, we're creating this idea of opportunity, right? And opportunity is all about movement. And that's, so I want to go back to that resolution or that intention of by doing this, you're setting that intention of creating more excitement about creating space or creating this room. So again, no matter what journey, what part of the journey you're on, whether you're, you know, that would be a big deal for you to, you know, collect some things and get rid of it. Or maybe you're looking at your space saying, I can't get rid of anything more. Mm -hmm you know, there is room for everyone to create this sense of movement. Yeah, because movement is life, right? Right. Life is movement. So that's a great one. Just pulling the, you know, floating, floating the couch. I love that one. That really is, is good. It, it's allowing movement, spatial movement in the room. Right. And it, it seeps in, it seeps into your life with, I have options. Yeah. And space equals freedom. Right. Yeah. Mm. I like that one. Yeah. The next one is going to be if you have any resolutions or intentions around money. So mm-hmm. that could be, oh, we're saving up to buy a house. Oh, we're trying to pay off debt. Oh, I want to start investing this year. Um, you know, we have some great episodes I know in the past about the money, about the wallet or the purse, or even using your pantry in your home as kind of a, a you know, a, your bank. But we thought we would recap some of these ideas. So one, where are you storing your purse or your wallet? You know, I know for women, especially we have to pick on them, but they sometimes throw their purses on the ground, you know, and we say, would a, you ever see a, a man come in and take his wallet out and throw it on the ground? Probably not. So we want you to treat your purse with respect, keep it off of the floor, maybe have a designated place that you hang it. Um, and also ensure that you're stashing Uh, your money in the correct place in your wallet. So the idea, like we're not just crumpling up money and throwing it in our purse or stashing it in our bra that we are treating money with respect. Yeah, those are all fundamentals, very fundamental concepts. And you're absolutely right. Men are much more cautious about where they put their wallet down. And women have been more, a little bit looser (laughs) as to where where they put their purses. 
I like the idea, Lydia, we had a whole episode that we did on uh, the pantry as your personal bank, as symbolic of your money situation, what's going on in the pantry. So that one could certainly go back. That one you could listen to, I could listen to it every year, and I would pick something more up out of that idea. But I actually did, uh, since we did that, I actually put a Basically, I don't want to call it a piggy bank because it's more than that. But I put a nice, uh, you know, uh, bowl in the pantry, and that's where now all the change goes. And I used to have it on the counter in the kitchen, mm-hmm. so and I thought that was easy. But I thought, you know, no one, I don't want to look at this thing anymore of pennies, nickels, and dimes and quarters gathering. So I put it in the pantry. I thought, you know what? It really kind of reinforces that idea of you know this is um, a value. I store it in the pantry. I'm building my money up and do something fun with it. You know. Yeah. Um, Something that we don't have necessarily listed, but when we talk about saving money, you know, that can be very methodical and it can be, you know, all about kind of this building and there's a lot of stability with saving money, right? We can't necessarily just go and buy that purse that we wanted. We might give ourselves some goals of, oh, if I lose a certain amount of weight, I can spend some money. Or if I don't go out to eat this week, I can, um, spend this money. So even putting some more stability in the imagery in your home, like putting pictures of buildings, things that have structure to them, maybe not so many things that seem gone with the wind, like Mm. more airy pictures or, or lots of movement that you could put something that provides a little bit more stability in it. And we have said this over and over again, but the art on the walls, what you hang on your walls is really very significant uh, mood effector. And so make sure that, uh, and maybe just in general, you know, take down the, uh, the, I say the art, but particularly that that has a list of rules on it, on the wall, you know, words, uh, maybe take some of those things down, you know, be, uh, give yourself some freedom or give yourself a break, so to speak, from some of those expectations. Yeah. Uh, I like that idea that you had about maybe buying a plant or Mm -hmm. buying even a money tree Mm -hmm. um, and just tending to it. Again, the idea of something that, you know, it's something that you have to kind of tend to weekly (laughs) and there's, slow movement or slow growth to it, but it's always so exciting when you look at that plant and, oh, look at this little new seedling coming up or look at this little bud that, that just formed. Sometimes saving money can feel like that. These little uh, uh, goals that we give ourselves, oh, I hit a hundred dollars or I hit $500 that there's these little stepping stones that really create some excitement. Well, people that are, that are, are stewards, stewards to their children, they take care of their children, or they take care of their pets, or they take care of their plants, they have some qualities of being the people who manage their money better, right? Uh, it's, it's a good testing ground to develop those skills of just, you know, monitoring, nurturing, growing something yeah. very strongly. And then the last uh, resolution intention that we're going to talk about today would be anything that has to do with personal development. So if you're thinking, oh, I want to learn something new this year, maybe you're getting really serious about your astrology information. Maybe you want to go back to school. Maybe you want to read more books. Anything that has to do with that, um, we would put that. I think the first thing we would say would be to carve out some space of where your designated learning spot will be. 
So yeah, maybe that can just be a favorite chair, right? It can. It doesn't have to be a desk. True. I mean, it could it could be, but uh, you know, it maybe just you, could be. Maybe you already have a desk. Because I'm in a lot of homes where they have a desk, but you can tell like it's not being used. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Not being desks that I feel like the best intentions were there. Um, so mm-hmm. maybe it could just be doing something to that space where you want to be in there where oh. there's a great chair that you put in there where you're like, I love sitting in that chair or I don't know, there's like a foot heater or warmer that I want to go sit in there and cozy up next to the little heater. Well, it is, you know, it, it sounds almost stupid to say carve out some little space for yourself because uh, a lot of people are living in a thousand square feet or they're living in 4,000 square feet, you know what I mean? And then to say, well, where's your space? Where do you love to sit? And it used to be a question I would ask when I go into a home, where do you sit? And it was very interesting. I dealt mainly with women, uh, the women of the house, but you know, they'd often say, well, my husband sits here and my kids like to sit there. And then oftentimes they came with, well, they, they just take whatever's left, whatever seat is open, they take it. And it was interesting. I really encouraged them to, well, gosh, you know, claim your space. There's, I know it's very old fashioned to think, oh, get out of mom's chair, or get out of dad's chair, right? But it is that idea that there's a space that they have, a, they have some comfort there, the lighting might be particularly good for them, or the, you know, the body type it might fit well with that type of chair. And it's, it's finding space for yourself in your own life. That is the connection to why we say to do that. If you're looking for a personal development goal of some sort because many of us get very tied into everybody else's needs and some of us are very good at providing other people but sometimes we're not we don't have we haven't carved out a space for ourselves right some people may laugh and there's one oh i'm far beyond that already but for some they still need to hear that they need to carve out their own space well it becomes very apparent when we're in homes and you know, I'll see tons of pictures of children and maybe see none of the couple or the, the adults that live in the home. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I know like there's jokes that, oh, it's always the mom taking the pictures, right? So the moms are never in the, the, the images. That's possible. Again, there's many different storylines of how it happens. Maybe you're just not confident with yourself. So you, you don't have pictures of yourself up, um, but it, it can become laughable when maybe even the, the dog or the cat has more space than some of the adults in the home. You know, I was just going to say, oftentimes dogs have a lot, a lot of toys, you know, dogs and they can be strewn all throughout the house. You can see the dogs has, you know, freedom to play everywhere, so to speak. Right. And yet where is your space? Right. So create that space that you love being in the home um, on, and set that intention of that personal development um, or even just getting some images of you up on the wall, kind of show where you are in the home. Right. There was something I read about recently. I, maybe other people have heard about this idea, but they said to create a slow morning ritual, a slow morning ritual. Now I kind of go laugh at that. Think of when you were growing up, you and Tyler and, you know, the mornings are big times. Things get have to happen pretty quickly. But again, um, I do remember, I don't know how old you were, but um, you were in elementary school. So you had to be around, you know, first grade or somewhere at that point where I decided I was just start going to get up, you know, 15, 20 minutes earlier. I mean, it was not much, mm-hmm. but it made a world of difference. 
right. to have some calm time where there was no rush before everybody else was up and moving about. And, uh, and that's what, anyhow, this article I read was just very encouraging in that area of just car, it goes back to carving out a space. Well, now we're talking about carving out time. Yeah. And well, do what you want sounds, to do with it. Yeah. And 15 minutes sounds way more manageable than, oh, I have to get up at four <laughs> in the morning to go right. out or whatever it is that right. 15 minutes seems like, okay, I can, I can do that. Yeah, exactly. But the whole purpose, personal development goals, meaning changes you want to happen somewhere within yourself, you know, yeah. that's where you need to carve out a space for yourself. And again, and, and, you know, a nice climate, it can be outdoors, could be on the patio as well. Right. Sure. But just find the, find a space. Yeah. And if we just go back to that idea, just to make sure we haven't lost people on what we're doing, yeah. just go back to that idea of like, if, if you're going to lose weight, we make physical changes in the home to support that, that goal. And so with any resolution that you've created or any intention, how can you create a physical change in the home that cues you or supports you with this change? That's what we're trying to do. So the four that we came up today, we thought a lot of things fit into those, of course, you know, it's possible that maybe you have a little bit of a tweak on some of the things that we've said, but do something in the home that cues you or reminds you and supports you and what that goal is for 2022. And we hope that, you know, today maybe gave you a little bit of a epiphany on what maybe is challenging in the home that hasn't supported you with this new goal. Maybe this was a goal that you had already set in 2021 and kind of got to the end of the year and found out, realized, oh, I didn't, maybe I didn't quite meet that goal like I wanted to. Uh, so we hope that today has given you some insight on how you can be better supported in this new year. Yeah, the simple act of basically we're trying to visualize the goals. I love, I, I think I'm in love with that idea, setting up cues, setting up cues, keep us on our path, you know, and yeah, and by the way, you know, Mercury retrograde, we know, we all may change what our, our goal is. Something may happen. We may meet someone or something. We may get exposed to something. I'll think, oh my God, that's what I want to do. You know, you can do that. And But all the things we spoke about are going to help you in every, no matter which way you're going, your life is going to get better. I know. I think so many times we kind of put that rule on ourselves and then think, you know, we can, maybe there's some shame when we haven't quite stuck with that goal if we go back yeah. to the word and it's like there are there really are no rules if you wanted to start your new intention february 1st who's to say you know as long as yeah. you're doing something that you enjoy and and some you know something that's healthy it, it doesn't really matter so these tools that we gave today you can use these at any time in the year not just now but it is kind of appropriate right now because i think that's where a lot of people's mindset is about, okay, what do I want to change as we go into this, this new 365 days? Yeah, it's, it, we're, we're in it already. It's happening. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So that concludes our talk today on uh, feng shui for the new year. We hope that again, you have some epiphanies with this and we look forward to speaking to you guys next week. Take care. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Mom and Me Astrology Podcast. To keep in touch, follow us on social media at the underscore Kate Wind. And to see a list of our services and our store, you can visit our websites 
at thekatewind.com or maryswick.com. We'll talk to you next week.